So I'm hoping by sharing bits and pieces of my journey, which in life we all have to be able to free ourselves and while we're going through the process of changes and positive changes that um, need to be made for ourselves, for our lives, so we can continue moving forward, living our best life, and leaving the negativity, toxicity, things that we've made our um, wrong choices in life, because we all make wrong choices, and people and situations that just are not good for us, not healthy. Um, and we learn to make steps forward and continue straight ahead, process what happened in our past, which I'm doing with trauma therapy, and um, going through all the emotions and feeling whatever I want to feel, whatever I need to feel in order to move on. Um, and then file folder it, as they say in psychological terms, file folder it in your brain. And you take the knowledge and tools that's given through licensed PhDs, therapists, and you move forward. And that's how positive change works, um, especially in my situation. Because I realized through therapy, I put up with a hell of a lot and uh, way too much. And I'm learning as well, you know, to be careful with ill behavior, disrespect, especially from men, and not allowing it to come back into my life. Um, if people treated me well and they were good men, you know, that obviously 50 years old, I should know what that um, entails as far as respect towards women and treating me like a lady and being, you know, a man, a responsible, and love is love, you know. We're all bagged at M&M, so this could apply really to anyone. And not making the same choices. That's, that's the greatest thing that I'm taking with therapy, is not making the same choices, not repeating the same behavior, and learning instead of responding this way or doing this, then I need to respond this way, or I need to do it this way, or I need to you know, take care of it this way. And that's because I need to start earning, or start, excuse me, I need to learn to 100% respect myself which the respect, as I was told, is that backbone of steel where you're not going to continue putting up with ill behavior and disrespect that you have prior. And whatever reasons I did, that's the past. But this is today and this is the present moving forward. And that's the future as well. I'm not going to deal with it. But there's parts of my journey I am going to discuss because I think it's really important, especially in the dating world and meeting people and um, finding true companion, a true companionship as someone that you can enjoy life and spend life with. Whether, you know, it's boyfriend, girlfriend, you're getting engaged, you get married, whatever situation, you know, love is love. But I learned a lot. And uh, with Eric, I probably learned a little too much. Um, I had one therapist, trauma therapist group before my therapist group that I'm seeing now. Like I said before, I had to switch trauma therapy groups because I felt that the narcissistic cult and people they were connecting with to join over into the cult, you know, come hither, come on my side, come to the dark side, come to our cult. We'll teach you how to be better narcissistic people and how to project and target people, especially in past. I got, I felt this certain way. And the reason I say this is because um, I wouldn't say in-laws anymore. Can't say in-laws anymore. Eric's dad um, had asked about the therapist I was seeing information, and I sent it over. And I had a feeling once I sent it over and things were starting to get weird that I realized that this person's probably creating problems 
because their behavior mannerism towards myself as being a spouse to their son and then especially prior relations that their son had and how disrespectful they were towards you know prior relations that I realized I was dealing with somebody that probably was and did not have the best of intentions of anything and instead of taking ownership and um, not being a parent that they should have been and this is per trauma therapy not being a good parent not being that role model for their son and not showing them how to be a man but the thing is is when you turn 18 and if you're not taught that by your own father or if you're you know love is love and parents are parents and sometimes just you know you women have to raise the boys meant by yourself um, make sure you're raising them right to grow up with utmost respect towards women or towards their partner boyfriend girlfriend fiance love is love but I realized I was dealing with somebody and just something clicked because I'm thinking this pattern of constantly blaming um, women or relations that a son is in. And then you realize the disrespect level when you're talking to somebody of women in general. You realize you're not dealing with a good person. That's the truth. And um, not good. But I brought it back to the beginning, you know, of meeting parents and when a son is just right over like six, seven feet away behind a sliding glass door and you're asking me what I see in your son and then you start laughing. This is the truth, so help me God. My last breath, this is the truth. Um, Someone, uh, you know, a friend of mine can vouch because I contacted the friend as soon as I left. And I said, this is the strangest thing happened. What do you make of it? And all I remember is my friend who is a, a man said, be careful. Because that is, there's something not right with that. There's something definitely not right. You know, a trauma therapist say, or somebody, charmers, you know, charmers. No. A charmer man, you're, has charmer man, he's a, he's a charmer. Charmer man will tell you and do whatever they can to cross you and to basically, uh, Charmer man lacks the maturity, um, not emotional, matu emotionally mature, but most importantly, don't respect women. And it's a learned behavior from a male role, role model. And nine out of ten times it's from a father. If they're with their father, it's coming from a male role model of how they treat women. There could be a pattern of past relations, prior relations of how this... This person's treating women and how their own father did too. And I thought, hmm, it was just weird. Sit there and talk about a son as a parent, as a father, as a male role model, and talk blatantly and really critical about him seven feet away from somebody that you don't know, you never met before, um, a female, um, as, a, as a woman, and you're hearing this. Oh, what do you see, you know, in this person, their son, and then sitting there laughing on the response and then having a mother say, <laughs> him? You're talking about him? Oh, oh, wow. And then you have a Roma as a father say, <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck. It's the strangest thing I personally or anybody can go through. 
But now that I'm 50 years old and I'm older and wiser and I literally woke from that fog um, because I couldn't multitask of dealing with my health and changes within my health and now I'm like literally have learned to multitask and to accept and move forward with the changes in my health, which nobody's miracle work as I was told, nobody's going to have a cure and things will get worse for me, especially the pain. Oh my God, the pain, the pain, you know? The pain is what makes it to where it's hard to, um, it's hard to plan ahead. So I just say it's impossible to plan ahead with the pain. Um, pain exhausts you and makes you tired. Um, you could take the greatest of plans and you don't know how pain level will be. You know, we're dealing with chronic pain, whether it's, you know, you're, you're as well or dealing with because of failed oncology treatments, you're dealing with cancer, you're dealing with chronic illness for some part. It doesn't matter. Chronic illness is chronic illness. And when there is no cure and things progress, the pain level and pain gets worse. Um, I was told this by oncology. I was told this by my hospital specialist just last month. This things will get worse. Um, I asked point blank, is there anything surgically, anything? And they literally, the last hurrah, nobody's going surgically. There's no way you would make it through a surgery. And there's no way where we could do surgery without consequences, which fatal. They're not going to tell you fatal, but fatal consequences is uh, your body wouldn't be able to handle it. And that's how they put it, basically, in a nutshell. But the pain level, I was told, is going to continue getting worse. And that's the thing right now is, is um, my fear of <clears throat> the stronger stuff with pain medicine because I watched an addict, like literally an addict, just, oh hell, just caused everybody's life hell where they were high as a kite. And I wasn't well versed on addiction with um, narcotics and other things and alcohol at the same time. Um, I wasn't well versed because I never experienced it. So it caused me to have um, fear of being under palliative care, which is pain management, which is chronic pain and something I'll always be under. And uh, I'm unlearning my thoughts of being under pain control, you know, with hospital doctors and that specialist. I'm unlearning this mentally by what I experienced, which per therapist is another form of trauma that you endured of watching somebody's behavior and that how they literally ransacked and went through and caused holy hell for everybody that was around them, for any and every family member, any friend, anybody around them. And learning to undo that trauma and saying, okay, just because somebody is an addict throughout their whole life, you didn't know about it, you weren't versed about it, you were told by a sibling, it's not your fault, twice, you need to move on. It's not your fault. Didn't work. Wouldn't change then. Not changing now. Um, you have to stay, as my trauma therapist says, you have to stay on top of therapy um, as a true addict needs to because they can relapse throughout their entire life if they don't stay on top of their health, their mental health, um, their well-being. As I was told, this is a clear example of what happened to you is because they weren't on top of their health. Um, and that is nobody's fault but responsibility of their own and nobody should feel sorry for somebody like that And the problem is there was people who felt sorry for it and as the therapist said it's wrong because you're encouraging that behavior You're telling an addict that if I have people that feel sorry for me and pat my back and oh, are you okay? Well, every time I swing back into the addiction and it gets greater and greater and I start doing crazier things 
I'm just gonna resort back to these people or find other people that are gonna feel sorry for me too. Because what I'm doing is, as trauma therapist told me, is not excusable, but when you have people that sit there and basically they're condoning that and rewarding that behavior, oh, it's okay, all right? Oh, we'll forgive you, it's okay. And true addict, as I was told, will, will find anybody to use as a reason for their addiction, which is just, as, as she says, a cop-out. They know what they're doing. They clearly know what they're doing. I had a psychologist out of state, so many years, who used to treat patients and addiction facility and they stopped because they said the problem was you know, I, I could no longer feel sorry for the addict. I felt sorry for the family and loved ones that were the victims of the addiction. And they're the ones that really suffered, not the addict. And then they would never stay on top of their health and continue with the health and the steps and programs that they need to stay clean. And then they have a lifetime up and down yo-yo on addiction and going back to the manic addiction behavior, the addict behavior. And that's exactly what I was dealing with. People really felt sorry. Um, I'll tell you, those excuses for an addict's behavior is asinine. That's my opinion. Asinine. You're an ass. Asinine. To sit there and reward and find excuses. It's up to a patient's responsibility over 18. When you have addiction problems, you know exactly what you do. Um, people have addiction problems for various reasons. Usually, it's, it's something to stem with growing up and um, a lack of or absence of or some type of abuse or trauma and the addiction is a way just for them to feed themselves to not have to deal one-on-one -on -one emotionally with the pain and the trauma and that's just a wrong way to live in life and i know i'm going off this podcast at a different level that's a wrong way to live my friends you grow up in a certain way and experience trauma it's up to you over 18 to take responsibility take a stand and to make positive change so you don't continue making bad choices, bad behavior, or in my situation, making choices of wrong men. Um, and feeling that I deserve no respect or less of, and I just, I went into the same pattern of wrong choices of men. That's the truth. And I'm learning, because I'm over 18 and I'm 50 now, and not to repeat that pattern and figuring out why I made the choices that I did when I knew how I was being treated when I was in relationships and cheated on and all sorts of crazy SHRT, okay? why I kept in that, why I put up with it. I'm learning with trauma therapist why, so I can continue moving forward and heal and to file folder in my brain so I never do that again. So when I'm ready and I start welcoming and wanting that true companionship and someone, I'm making sure that that level is, I, I was told is 100% both ways. It's not a one-way street. And that you choose wisely and continue working with me and different types of therapy. Um, now psychotherapy, doing vision boards and that I worked on last night, um, for my session today and I got a little bit more to work on, but just to show them what I've been up to so far. Um, but I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, trying to process this. It's just, uh, like I said, it's, it's a lot of work I'm going through. Um, emotionally healing and bringing things to the surface from things from your past that I wasn't able to deal with because either I was told by other adults that I'm not supposed to feel, I'm not allowed to feel, and it's the past and you need to just shut it down and not acknowledge it, was the most BS way to live. And that's true abuse when somebody is saying that to you. That's abuse itself. There's people who are forcing you and not to be able to feel and heal. And that's so important in life to be able to feel and heal emotionally podcast has been absolutely amazing for me because I've listened back to podcasts of my anger and my cursing, which is anger. 
you know? I got a therapist sister this and they're like, yeah, I heard you cussing in that. How'd you feel after you did it? I felt a sense of relief. I felt relief. Did you continue that path? It's like, no, my podcasts are different. As I said, you know why? Because you're emotionally healing and you're going through the emotions and you're allowing yourself for once in your life without being surrounded by people that did nothing but shut you down. And the right to feel, God-given right to feel, is you're actually allowing yourself to feel. Um, and that has to do with loss and losing a call, call special, my soul cat, because he really was my soul cat. Um, was left dying in a yard, left dying. Nobody stopped. Nobody helped. And people saw this and they didn't care. And I saw it and I gave a damn and I cared. And uh, took him out of state to emergency hospital and they gave him less than 24 hours to live. And I said, I'm going to take, take him home and work with them. They looked at me like I was crazy. There's no way ma'am this cat's going to live. This cat is one step from death. Um, long overdue. I mean, there's a lot of issues going on. Um, left to die. And I'm like, no, just not. I think that's where, and I truly believe with trauma therapy, that's where you are. You're changing that little girl. You're changing your past. And you're being an adult and protecting that younger you. And it shows and being there for people during the last of their journey, but as well as how many animals I've helped over the decades and putting one billion percent into seeing is it possible to help a life to recover to live to heal and i'm gonna have to say by as many as i've helped and um the gift of life and 18 months is not a long time for my soul cat to live but it was the best damn life went from having to have both eyes removed to one eye being removed to at the end result him being able to actually finally see out of one eye although it was glare with the other with an ulcerated um ulcer excuse me over the other eye but able to see and uh slowly they'll talk about his journey it's still really um hard for me i have a lot of signs and things I'll wake up for their dreams or things that'll come across my phone. And the other day it was an Easter video from last year. So it's like I told him when holding him and helping him to pass and not suffer. I said, make sure you get to heaven, let me know. Because I believe our fur babies, our pets, go to heaven. I know that for a fact. Let me know. Give me a sign. I've never had a pet or, or a loved one that held their hand. They did not give me a sign. They made it to heaven. So it's been tough, but I was actually able to, I know therapy's working and I'm embracing it and I'm opening myself up to it um, because I'm now feeling what I was always shut down and told I can't is have an emotion. It's such a damning way to live. Um, you don't do that to people. You allow people to heal and to think and to go through emotion and not shut them down, threatening them. You don't threaten people and the right, the right, God-given right to feel. Our respected judge gave a good example. You're supposed to support people unconditionally, love them unconditionally, and not threaten them. I'll leave it at that. I see it now in a different way. But um, I was able to feel. 
And with Eric, I've realized that um, prior trauma therapist said, you know, exactly, maybe, you knew, but maybe you didn't realize, is it was a warning of what you were getting involved in. But the thing was, is he was a choice you made. That's some hard damning words, isn't it? That was my choice to make. But, as told, when you're face to face with the charmer, everything that you're looking for, they will become. But after a year, a couple of years, a person can no longer keep charming, and eventually the true self comes front and center. You can't keep hiding that. And little by little by little by little is exactly what happened. But I'm realizing a pattern. It's not just me. Somebody's going to disrespect a man, a woman. Disrespects a woman. A man does that. There's going to be prior history of it. And definitely is. Definitely was. And to uh, ever come across a parent of parents. I don't care if you're, what, you know, what your situation is, man, woman, because love is love. And, and they're laughing at their own child, who's an adult. And if it's a son, and... They're telling you all these things and laughing. I mean, is it, it's just downright strange, but there's a warning. Um, I was told that was many, many warnings. And a friend of mine, exactly 100% right, because I listen, I know they listen to this podcast. You were 100 billion percent correct. That was a warning of things to come. Um, and lo and behold, I realized I got into a marriage where. You know, this is a true empath, empath character. Empath's how we are. We've got to change. You can, there's nothing wrong with being an empath and feeling and having a, you know, deep feeling and a heart of gold and wanting to help people. And that's the true empath, and that's how I've always been. But you have to be careful. Um, and sometimes sit back and observe without feeling. I have to find that quote. I like to say quotes. I found one. Um, so true about empaths. I'll have to find it and put it down on this podcast. I have to learn not to uh, take what we're seeing and taking in visual and not feeling it so much. Um, because you can end up finding yourself making wrong damn decisions, especially in relations. Um, I'll raise my hand. I did. Uh, I took responsibility because I did. I have to take responsibility decisions I made. But it doesn't mean I have to live with it the rest of my life. And um, I turned 50, I realized, you know, I made it past prognosis and this, this is going to stop. Things are going to change. I need to get right with therapy, pour myself 1 million percent into it and make it more than just a weekly thing, twice, three times a week and continue it and uh, not stop. And um, that's where I'm at. But I realized I was making wrong choices. And times I thought I was making right choices. And then if you're just, you know, you're getting cheated on over and over again, married, um, and you allow it, the cheating only gets greater. Um, you're married to somebody disrespects you, disrespect, disrespecting gets greater. The lying gets greater. The manipulation gets greater. But you get to a point, and I did, where something just clicks and you realize, okay, what the hell was I doing? Why was I putting up with this? Um, and then you have to learn to forgive yourself, which I got to that point. And doing what you can now to change it. And learning to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, and independent is where I'm at now. Um, you also realize when you're married, too, 
the legal logistics of this because you have to have an attorney. You cannot go kicking somebody out of any property. I don't care what you think and who you think you are. Um, I run this by law enforcement as well. You cannot kick somebody. They can't kick somebody. Um, and a shared property, especially when you're married, you cannot kick somebody out. Um, you can't. When you're married, it's uh, not your property. It's our property or our properties. You cannot kick somebody out. And sometimes you can ask people to leave and they're not going to leave. And sometimes if they don't leave, the intentions are not good. They're going to try to make your living situation hell. Um, it's not for you to keep running and escaping from it and allowing that person to gain control over you. You have to flip the script and gain control back over and sit down and on bad behavior, which I'm learning, God, God knows I'm learning some therapy how to handle it. Oh, my Lord, I don't I know I usually, I've always handled it wrong, and now I'm learning to handle it, is putting the bad behavior back on the person doing it, you know, and you're married to it. An example I'm going to give you is, um, it, it's just, I got a lot of examples. This is, a, this is actually, this is, uh, this is the truth. I had to take and buy a lock um, to lock things up in my closet. Because um, when you're married to someone and the behavior gets to be just off the charts, just not okay, very immature, not responsible, um, someone can take you for a joyride and literally deplenish and deplete every damn dollar you got. Um, when you're married and you have a joint account, there comes to a point with an attorney, you have to sit down and go, okay, um, is this ruthless behavior with money involved? It gets to that point, although you can't sit there and permanently shut people down, so when you're married, you have to wait until you're divorced and you handle assets that way. But when it comes to your well-being and whether you have pets or children, you know, you have to protect yourself. And um, that's what I did. By advice, I got a lock. I changed the closet lock. And um, that way, um, and other means too, sometimes you'll have to um, do things financially and remove things financially and place them in other ways financially. Um, you got to protect yourself, you know? People know what they're doing. You're over 18 unless you have Alzheimer's or dementia or you're literally a, a true strapped out out there addict, okay? Unless you've got a real valuable reason on writing, by physician, a behavior that's just ridiculous. I mean, just constant ill behavior. Um, there's no excuse. You know what you're doing. You know decisions you're making. If somebody asks you not to do something, you continue doing it. It's not a point that you get it the first time. You're consciously making a choice to make somebody's life hell. That's the truth. And uh, I've learned that the worst kind of people I've ever dealt with in my life were the people that had no self-esteem, that felt bad about themselves, didn't like themselves, was going through their own type of um, trials and tribulations and didn't emotionally know how to handle it. But that's what therapists are for. Um, and you're responsible for your emotional well-being, just like internal health. I realized I dealt with a lot of that. So it's like I became that empath target. And bullseye let's just take it out and like a punching bag and I don't put up with that essay start to anymore and I don't care if you're married or not when you're married and somebody's putting you in a financial situation or um <laughs> the same friend said I was married I have a sugar baby how the hell I do hell no no uh-uh I bust my butt
you know, I started back to work. I went one million percent dived into things, and um, it's not happening. But I see things going the wrong way. Um, I'm going to stop it. I'm going to seek at attorney legal counsel advice, and I'm going to imply everything I'm told, especially with the therapy, and I'm going to do what I need to do. But uh, I never uh, in my lifetime thought I'd have to change locks. But it helped. <laughs> it helped. Because part of behavior um, stopped. Because you don't have access to that anymore. You don't have access to allow the behavior to continue. And uh, therapists were right. It stopped. But I can't say I wasn't warned of what I got myself into. I was just in a situation where, um, and it's the truth, it's like I felt like I had to jump into another relationship really quick because I was dealing with trauma at that time of some horrific things that I wasn't versed in. And um, the thing is, is I had a choice of two other male friends that were willing to help. And... I had Eric. I had three people to choose because the people who should have been there for me and helping me out and saying, hey, listen, I understand what you're going through and this is terrible and they're watching this didn't help. They were too busy. And that was, I was told, too busy. Nobody's ever too busy if they care about you. Remember that. It's just an excuse to not help you because they don't want to help you, okay? They may want to see bad for you, right? Find the help you need. Get back on your own two feet and the mad respect you will learn and gain self-respect is priceless because I'm, I'm there in that process. But I chose wrong. I felt like I wouldn't have been able to um, financially take care of myself. I didn't feel like I'd physically be able to take care of myself. This was before I was even walked in oncology treatments. So was it a valid reason why I just jumped into another relationship? Well, damn, I didn't have a damn choice. D-A-M-M, M-M, like the damn, damn Vegas. <laughs> uh, that's the motion part, you know? It's, I'm passionate about what I'm saying. That's why I jumped. I could say this now, I'm not embarrassed about it. I jumped because I had no other choice I didn't ask for what was going on. I sure the hell didn't deserve it. But I had no choice. Because two people that should have been there to help me out. Gone. Out of sight, out of mind. Oh, I hope you everything does well. That was it. So I was left to figure out, what am I going to do? I have my fur animals. I'm sick as hell. I made a bad choice. And that was my choice. But I look back, there was warnings there. Per therapist, there was warnings. There was warnings. But I continued with the bad choice, see? And that charming, charmer um, way of showing me whatever I thought I needed and wanted, which I was looking for respect. I was looking for somebody love me unconditionally and understand that what I was going through physically was my health. But I had a charmer, somebody who was doing this just for a gain, uh, not because they were involved in the relationship or they wanted to be in a relationship or they wanted to be married. It was just a convenience. Um, that was not what I was looking for because, you know, I realized that I could have picked either one of those two male friends. 
I didn't have to get married. I could have had somebody living with me that I was already friends with. They were willing to help out. I made a wrong choice. Now I'm realizing I made a damn wrong choice. And that's why I'm realizing with therapy is how to be independent and be on my own and not have to feel that I need a man in my life because I damn well don't. But at the point of, you know, and I'm hoping by the end of this year, I get to that point where I'm realizing, you know, that I deserve a good relationship and I deserve true companionship. And I know darn well, it's not that I think I know, that trauma therapy is going to put me in that position where I'm going to make good choices. And the next choice is going to be a darn good choice. And not because I feel like, and I don't want to ever feel I'm in a position where I am forced to get in some kind of relationship, whatever it is. is uh, I shouldn't have been put in that, I don't know, therapists shouldn't be put in that situation I should have never been. Because there was two people that should have stepped up to the plate. And they know they could have and they should have and they chose not to. Um, they feel that's very narcissistic, true narcissistic um, way and behavior, which I, mean, I look at narcissistic now and, in a nutshell, and I can see their point. Um, they should have helped me, but I didn't have the help, so phew, I made the decisions that I made. They're my decisions, but I was warned. If a parent or parents warn you, and they're looking at how somebody's acting towards you, but they know that's just a farce because there's a pattern of what their son is sometimes, you know, their son's doing, and there's a pattern, and you ain't the first on the rodeo, you know? I, yeah, I'm, I learned. I learned a hard damn way, and I'm not repeating it. But um, I realize now I'm processing, you know, and I'm literally a mother right now um, to an adult because the behavior is very immature, and a lot of that, as I told, is by upbringing. Um, you have to raise, especially your sons, to have responsibility to be mature, but most important, as told, they have to respect women. And if the father of a son is not respecting women and not respecting any woman that comes into their son's relations or life, okay, any type of relationship, whatever, life, they're not respecting them, they're not going to respect you, they're not going to respect any other woman because it's their behavior. But when you come become 18 you can change that behavior if you're raised by a father who's disrespectful towards women that doesn't give you the right to go disrespecting women yourself you should know better by your surroundings and to learn from the elders you know and be respectful to women but nothing should be a surprise and I, I was told it shouldn't and it's not I'm just learning how to get out of it and uh, in legal aspects to get out of it and knowing my legal boundaries and uh, it'd be great if we could just toss people out you know um, that aren't good in our lives when you get married. It wouldn't be great to just toss somebody out like Sally, just toss them out. You just can't legally do that. So, um, when you're in a situation and you're breaking yourself, you know, you're breaking free, and you've got these naysayers and people are like, oh my God, it's still living with or whatever. You don't know the legal logistics of things, period. But you can learn your legal boundaries and you can get into good therapy and learn how to live and um, intertwine with someone who's disrespectful and not good for you and you're ending their relationship or marriage or whatever situation and you're living with them or you have, you don't have to be married to have a property together. A lot of people buy properties together, not married and you're on paper. You can't just toss somebody out like salad. You know, it's a process and sometimes it's a longer process and especially if you're dealing with people that are tyrant and um, 
they're not mature where they should be a maturity level at their age and they try to defy every move you make you know sometimes it takes longer but uh with good therapy you'll get there and you'll be able to talk to somebody with a therapist a third party not involved to help you you know and i can't say it enough in a podcast too i can't say enough when you are in therapy and you really take your therapy serious and good lord therapy's not expensive it's not cheap excuse me it's extremely expensive you know um, we're in a day and age of time where everybody's going through something in their lives that they need help with it was a social worker counselor you know talk to your city county there's all sorts of um, um, therapy um, communities and that online as well where you can join and have support group for free if you cannot financially do or if you don't have the ways and means or insurance is too much on copay you know I can't encourage people enough you have to stay on top of your happiness which is your emotional well-being it's so important um, and you have to earn or excuse me you have to um, accept your own part of wrong choices in life um, and put the ego aside and if you realize you're making wrong choices, sit down with the therapist and realize and try to come to terms and figure it out because they'll help you figure out why you're making the same pattern of wrong choices and behavior. Because trust me by saying there's a reason why you're doing it. People don't choose to live in a toxic, damn-ass environment. Excuse me, I'm passionate about this. Because they like it. It's either A, they grew up in it, and that's all they knew. So they need the help for therapy to get out of it, to retrain your way of thinking. Or B, they're stuck in a situation where they're financially or something evolved or physically they can't do it, okay, right now. But I'm telling you, you'll get there. You get to that point of self-love, self-respect, but most importantly, damn well the positive change you deserve. Amen.